0: listening to sibling talk commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tummer. Hello, I'm Chad Paulette and I'm Mary Jo Tummer. And happy New Year's Eve, Mary Jo. Happy New Year's Eve. It's, it's very, finally
1: here.
0: <laughs> it's finally here. The year 2020 is finally coming to an end. My only real fear here is that somehow all of us are taking for granted that 2021 is going to be better.
1: Oh, you remind me. I was listening to Terry Gross the other day, and she was doing this, like, top 10 music, top 10 movies. And one of the people she was talking to said, yeah, 2021 should be better. And she said... Well, you're assuming that, but we don't know that.
0: And he was like, what a downer. <laughs> yeah. I Well, I guess I was just a downer. And I, see, I was thrown off my game a little bit because, you know, I go through some amount of preparation and I was trying to think of some of the stupidest things I had heard in the year 2020. And then right before we were set to record, I heard Mitch McConnell. Who 2020 has taught us to call him Moscow Mitch. But I, I so much I, I gotta get to the point, but I so much wish John Stewart had been with us, uh, you know, on the air, obviously he's still alive, because he always did the funniest impersonation or impression of Mitch McConnell. He'd make him be like a turtle, kind of but that I, was I, so funny. It was. We we miss John for that. But here's what what got me on the Senate floor, uh Mitch McConnell saying that there was no path for the $2,000 payment. And among the reasons he gave, I think I'm quoting here, is he said, we are not going to just give this gift of money to the Democrats and their wealthy friends. <laughs> no, 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 no. You mean... Mrs. Smith down the road who's trying to figure out how to pay the rent, is that the kind of wealthy friends that you're thinking about? You, Mitch McConnell, who was central to passing the tax cut that benefited only this group up at the top, you just said that.
1: What was he referring to, I wonder? Because who could the wealthy people be? that make seventy-five thousand dollars a year or less and would be entitled to the two thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, and and if that's not enough, in the same little speech, and I mean you can picture him as he stands there and he's a little solemn thing. God I wish John Stewart was here to do this. And he said, what's more the Democrats are trying to rush this through. They're trying to pull a fast one, he said, on the president and everyone else. This is the same guy who wants to take the complex issue of rule 230 affecting uh you know the big social media platforms uh and the fairly complex issue although disproved over and over again of an electoral commission and he wants to jam that on top of the 2000 put those all together and say okay let's vote on that but don't rush through the 2000 dollars <laughs> The, that's complicated. That's complicated. You know, there there is apparently nothing in him that senses any irony in any of this at all.
1: Not a bit. That's a great kind of um uh, an insight about him. That he just is he's immune to irony. Um, so that could be really one of the stupid funny things. I mean, if we're going to take a list, because we're talking about doing the best of, um, and I know that, again, to do the easiest best of stupid things to say was Trump going on and on about injecting bleach. But again, yeah. John, too easy. It's yeah, too, too easy.
0: easy. too easy. Too that, easy. That would be below the high standards we have set for sibling talk.
1: <laughs> exactly. Even though it was pretty stupid and pretty funny. And maybe the best of, in terms of comedians, to take advantage of that was um, Sarah... Oh, what's her last name? I always
0: mix up her last name. Cooper, right? Yeah, Sarah
1: Cooper. Sarah Cooper. I always keep thinking Sarah Williams. Yeah, Sarah Cooper. And she would do those, um, like, Trump monologues, kind of. Right. With her face, but his voice. And just the way she would do her face and her gestures... It was so funny, and that one in particular was like, you know, just put a little bleach, and then she pointed to her rear end, and they're like, put it up there.
0: <laughs> it does. And, you know, he so wonderfully says at one point, he turns, and she does this perfectly, but he turns to Dr. Doctor Debbie Burks, who I think should get some kind of award, and he kind of, you know, real friendly and casually says, uh, and understand, we're going to check into this, right? And they <laughs> all sit there. With stone faces.
1: And one of the funny things about that is that people said that when Trump was speaking, they started to see her face. That's how deeply she got into the zeitgeist, where, you know, and I can remember that when he was doing those nightly things and he'd be saying that really inane stuff. And all I could think is, I can't wait to see Sarah Cooper do this. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the award we can give Debbie Burks, which is. The The person who, uh, you'll say this better than me, but who humiliated herself the most. Of all the people who humiliated themselves this year, and there were many, she may be at least a runner-up, if not the finalist for that award.
0: Well, I think she's right up on top. I, here, I, I just wordsmith this a little bit, uh, and I think I would call her the person who covered herself in the most poop. I
1: I wanted to give you the chance to use your expression for yeah, that humiliation.
0: You know, I'm the boy in the family. And we just love using the word poop.
1: <laughs> because, you know, I, I think it was the Washington Post reported that she was, the Trump liked her because he thought she was classy and pretty. And so she was always trying to figure out how to get him to be more serious about the pandemic to treat the whole thing seriously but at the end of the day it sounded to me that she was like flirting with him and that made me sick to my stomach gave me poop in my mouth
0: (laughs) yeah why? that's like a really bad marriage right she's like flirting with him but she thinks i know he's like that but i can change him
1: I, I can make him be like a grown up.
0: Maybe someday if I just wear the perfect scarf, he he will love he will love me. Uh,
1: I just felt bad for her. She'd had this very, you know, serious successful career and then Trump in his way just, you know, destroyed her reputation or she destroyed her own rep- reputation by trying to make him You know, like you say, just be a better man.
0: Yeah, Uh, just be something. Listen, I want to put somebody into the mix. This is, uh, maybe I'm going to title this award, Vanilla Can Still Really Taste Bad. And this goes to Vice President Mike Pence. (laughs) Oh, my God, I did not see that coming. And I'm thinking, who is
1: this going to be about? (laughs) And
0: he, of course, can lapse over into uh, 2021 and still screw things up a little bit more. But have you ever seen anybody try to walk this fine line, do anything the boss asked him to do? Remember back when Trump told him to go to an Indianapolis Colts game? This is before 2020. Go to the football game. And then when the athletes take a knee, get up and ceremoniously walk out. And we know it wasn't spontaneous because he had an event scheduled for right after that. He only had 15 minutes scheduled for the football game. But Mike Pence has really proved to be somebody. I guess he learned that when mother says jump, you say how high and you do the same thing with Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, but you know, do you remember? And I, this might have been before this year. Who knows? They all have run together, but uh, Mother published a book. And I do it wasn't not a, remember
0: this. Yeah, Mother published a book.
1: She did, and it wasn't a tell-all. Exactly, it was more, you know, the the book of a, a wife who sees herself as the first lady at some point, and you know, they think that God has ordained them to be in the White House and change the world. I guess when she, um, when Trump, let me get back this. So go back to the 2016 campaign, the grab the pussy tape comes out, and she reports, self-reports in her book that she was infuriated at Pence, her husband, daddy, because um that was going to ruin their chances to fulfill God's dream. She thought that um he should never have taken the vice presidency. I get that's my recollection. I listen I remember I was driving one time and I was listening to the radio and they were talking about that and I thought I can't stomach reading that book, but that's pretty fascinating what her role has been because they're very religious people.
0: Yeah, and I You know, obviously, I don't think much of Mike Pence at all. Uh, I don't doubt the sincerity of their very religious beliefs. I I am always terribly frightened by anybody who thinks they're getting direct messages from God. And so that kind of extends to a huge religious group. Because, uh, you know, in moral ethics, back in uh, my teaching days, there's a a philosophy of what makes something right or wrong, and we call it divine command theory. And it it's really pretty simple. It says, yes, there is a God. God does care about what is right and wrong, and God has specifically revealed what is right and wrong. Now, that sounds like a nice ethical theory. That is scary crap. It really
1: is. It really is. Because, you know, you could get some interference and you could get the message wrong very easily. Yeah, and so we let's, think,
0: think through history of the number of people who have gotten that wrong. Exactly. I'm sorry, let's stay away I'm, from moral ethics, though, Well, let's and talk, talk about, about more nasty people.
1: Or nasty, or maybe in the next five minutes, we can talk about the goodness that there is in the world. And there is goodness. So my number okay, one... Okay, pretty
0: much you're going to talk for the next five minutes. <laughs> <I guess. laughs>
1: no, you'll you'll swat it around a little bit. But my award for um, the Democratic or best Democrats in the world, and I mean little D, would be the American people. Because I told you time and time again, if the people hold, the democracy will hold. And on November 3rd, 2020, The democracy held, and it was because people got out and voted and they voted against Trump. I don't care if they voted for Biden, they voted against the autocracy. And that was a great moment.
0: Okay, I've got a good one I want to give. And this is a guy I've had affection for for a great number of years, but I think he's showing it again now. And I want to give it to Bernie Sanders. I mean, Bernie Sanders ran very competitively in two presidential uh, elections, both against Hillary Clinton and against Joe Biden. He comes down to the end both times. Doesn't win either either time. But as we're now seeing, he has not gone home and pouting. Bernie Sanders is doing the same thing he has done his entire life, fight for the exact same causes he has always fought. And if that's going to take him into New Year's Eve, He's still going to be there. You knew this was coming. Fighting against the billionaires and the millionaires. <laughs> so
1: maybe we give Bernie the Sincerely Held Beliefs Award.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, geez, and I was kind of holding that for Marco Rubio, but okay.
1: <laughs> well, I what I was going to say about that is that um, I think he gets the award, but I think Democrats writ large, get a small piece of that award, because one of the things that the last four years have shown us and the last, you know, two months, if not 12 months, more have shown us more. Well, let's start at the beginning because we have the impeachment vote. So all the way through 2020 is that the Republican Party, save very few people, Mitt Romney, maybe Ben Sass, have no sincerely held beliefs. And that has to be disappointing to people, just regular people who are Republicans, who believe, sincerely believe, things like about the deficit, about, you know, trade, whatever it is, about the rule to, of like, law.
0: Are you referring to people who voted for Rob Portman?
1: I am re- Exactly. Like me, I'm not a Republican, but I did vote for that damn guy. And I'll never forgive myself. And so I think that one thing that we've seen over this past year is the Democrats, whether you agree with them or not, they, those are sincerely held belief, politics aside. You agree with okay. me about that?
0: I do agree with you about that. I hate to, but I I do agree. And, you know, you and I personally have so much to be thankful uh, for. We have gotten through the year. Somehow we've managed to stay healthy. And safe as have our family. We don't get to see our family as much as we would like to. uh, But we still hold them in lots of love. And because it's the Paulette family and it's a holiday, we do what we always do. We're going to play a game today. We're going online to play categories. Family game night. (laughs) Family game night. Maybe the most defining thing about being a member of our family. Family game night.
1: There we go. All right,
0: John. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you next year. Bye. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.